Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You cannot 
do it and be confident because now you've got something else, a new law working on the inside of you. And the more we feed that new spirit, the more we give the right kind of word to that new spirit, the stronger it gets, 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 and that old flesh that tries to control us just doesn't even have a chance. If while we were enemies of the cross, now some of you are wrestling with some terrible issues in your life, temper, bitterness, unforgiveness, habits, addictions, all kinds of things. And the devil would love to have you think that God's mad at you. Put this big gap between you and God. But the truth is, God is love. It's not something he does on Monday and not on Tuesday. It's not something he does when we're good and doesn't, and then stops doing it when we're bad. God loves us all the time. He loved us before we ever even cared so much that he sent his only son to die for us. So how much more now that we are redeemed, how much more now can we be daily delivered from sin's dominion? Sin no longer can have dominion over you because sin is no longer your master. You have a new master, and the more you know that, the less you're going to sin. Goodness. For by grace are you saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I want to teach you how to live. For by grace are you saved through faith. We'll read it, we'll read it and amplify it. It is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you're saved, delivered from judgment, and made a partaker of Christ's salvation. And it comes through your faith. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. Faith does not buy salvation. It receives salvation. Faith is a hand that reaches out and receives the free gift of God. Okay? That's why it wasn't difficult to receive salvation tonight, because we told you about a free gift, and you said, oh, don't take this. And maybe somebody held out and said, well, I don't deserve that. I've got to get myself fixed up first. You're trying to buy a free gift. You cannot buy a free gift. It is not possible to buy a free gift. It's quite insulting to our flesh because the flesh wants to earn and deserve. It wants to take credit. Well, I have this great relationship with God because I this and I that and I something else. No, while we were still sinners, he died for us. It is by free grace that you're saved of God's salvation. Let's put those scriptures back up, please. Made a partaker of Christ's salvation through your faith, and this salvation is not of yourself. It is not of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. Now that's the way we're saved. And you know, to be honest with you, most people don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's like, you're like, yeah, amen, yeah, Ooh, glory. Yes, I want to be saved. Okay, now, Colossians 2, 6, look at this. I'm making a case here. As you therefore receive Christ, how do we receive him? By grace, through faith. As you therefore receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk and regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. Now here's my message. The same way that we receive Christ, that's the same way we got to live. And so you don't know, a few, few people up here who know the word, 
They're saying, great, great, great. But you don't know how great it is. Because when you really understand what I just said, that takes the pressure off. Now all of a sudden, you don't live by your trying and your effort. I don't live by my struggling, my trying, my effort, and then always getting frustrated because no matter what I'm doing, it's not working. How many of you have tried self-improvement? Has anybody ever gone to a session like this, you heard somebody preach on something, you were so convicted, yes, I have a problem with that, and you made a plan to go home and change. Anybody ever did that? How many of you didn't change? You know why? Because the same way you were saved, (laughs) by grace, through faith, is the same way you have to change. What God wants us to do is say, God, you're right. I am convicted by that word. I have a big problem in that area, and I want to change, but I cannot change unless you change me. You have to do it, God, and I'm depending on you, and I'm trusting you, and I'm believing in you to do whatever needs to be done in my life. You will wrestle with yourself, and you will be angry at yourself, and the devil will convince you that God is mad at you daily until you understand the revelation of grace. We have to live by grace. Now, see, it'll take me four sessions to get this across. <laughs> now, one young lady started going, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because it's just too good. You know what it is? It's amazing. It's amazing grace. We're going to understand what amazing grace really is by the time we get out of here. It is amazing what God has done for us. And when Jesus ascended on high to sit down at the right hand of the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to represent him to be in his place, who now lives in every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not just with, he is in us, and he will do through us what needs to be done if we will just stop trying to do it ourselves. And let God go. God can do more in you in five minutes than you can do in 25 years of time. Because all it takes is one revelation. We've got enough information. We need revelation. I mean, we are drowning in information in America. We need revelation on the Word of God. Amen? And I believe, as the Word is preached this weekend, that there is an anointing on it that is going to open blind eyes, and I'm talking right now about spiritually blind eyes. I'm fine if some physical ones open too. But open those spiritually blind eyes and those spiritually deaf ears, and maybe you've heard it a thousand times. Amazing grace. How sweet it is. But I think when you leave this weekend or tonight or however many times you can come, you are going to go say, amazing. Grace is so unbelievably amazing. And then when we really understand what God has done for us, we get so thankful and so grateful and we love God so much that we just can't help ourselves. We have to just try to do as much as we can to please him, not because we think we have to, but because we want to. Amen? 
sing. Grace is, we've all heard this, God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. But, you know, sometimes I can almost sound a little bit too spiritually fluffy religious and we miss it. <laughs> it's undesired favor. Well, we have to think about that for a long time. Because most people don't do much for you that you don't deserve. Or they will give you what you do deserve. And God doesn't do either. <laughs> he blesses us when we deserve to have our behinds kicked. Amen? And he does things for us that we don't deserve. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't chastise us and deal with us to teach us and train us how to behave properly, but he never stops loving us. But I have a JM definition of grace. This is my own. This is coming from the JM Dictionary. After 37 years of teaching the Word, I now have the right to give definitions. So here it comes. I believe that grace is, yes, undeserved favor, but it is God's power made available to us, free of charge, enabling us to do with ease what we can never do on our own with any amount of struggle and effort. And I know you need it again, so here it comes. Grace is power. It's power to do what needs to be done, but to do it without struggle and without effort, to do it in the rest of God, and to do it with ease, and it's a free gift. You still need it again? We're going to... And I, I know your little flesh is just screaming out, well, surely there's something I have to do. Well, we could start with believing. That's why we're called believers. <laughs> if we were supposed to achieve, we'd be called achievers. But we are believers, and the word believe means to receive, and the word receive means to believe. So tonight, when most people receive Christ, they believed that Jesus had died for their sins and that he was willing to forgive them and that he would give them a better life. And so they believed, and the moment they believed, they received. When you believe, you receive. When you receive, you believe. You can't separate the two. Believing is receiving. And Hebrews 4 says that when we believe, what happens? We do enter the rest of God. You know what I have fun in my meetings? Oh, my gosh, when I first started doing this, I thought the pressure would kill me. I mean, I would pray so hard before I got to my meetings, I was half dead already just from the exhaustion of, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody and I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> And stir up the anointing. <laughs> you know, I've learned the best way to live is just to live the same way all the time. I don't have to come up here and act one way and act another way somewhere else. God wants us to be, not put on an act. Now you step into a different kind of gifting. But the truth is, is this I'm very comfortable doing this, and I enjoy doing it. You know why? Because I'm doing the part that God's given me to do. I studied, I prepared, I showed up. The rest is up to him. I said, I studied, I prepared, I showed up. The rest is up to him. 
You know what frustration is? Trying to do something that you can't do. Trying to make something happen that you cannot make happen. You see, when I first started doing this, I thought I had made everybody like me. Oh, that was killing me. Because I'd get funny looks, and maybe some people would get up and leave, and I, you know, they were going to the bathroom or something, but the devil's telling me, well, I don't like your preaching, they're leaving, you know. <laughs> I know they don't like me, they don't like me, they don't like me. Then, you know, maybe if I said something, somebody made a face, I think, oh, I better say something else, and so, you know, I was doing everything to try to be liked, and one day I decided, you know what, God, it is not my responsibility to make those people like me. It is my responsibility to go out there and do what I believe you're telling me to do, and God, if anybody likes me, you don't have to cause it. <laughs> I mean, I get up here and yell at people. Now, you know, how can anybody like me if God doesn't make them like me? And yet you keep coming and 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 keep coming. You know what? You don't have to go out every day with the fear of man all over you, being manipulated and controlled by other people's whims because you're afraid of somebody not liking you. You can say in the morning, God, if anybody likes me today, you're going to have to make them like me. And if they don't like me, God, then that is your problem. So, you know, you have no choice but to like me because I've already given it to God. Therefore, I can be free tonight because I already believe that God is going to give me whoever I need in my life and whatever I need. I, I don't have any pressure. You know, did I, did I act pressured when I was receiving the offering tonight? I didn't put any pressure on anybody. I don't have to try to manipulate you and control you. You know why? Because if God ordered this, he's going to pay for it. I don't have to play little funny games trying to, to get your money. You either want to give or you don't. And I want you to do it with a smile on your face, and I want you to do it because you believe you're sowing into good ground that's bearing good fruit, and you want to be part of that. Amen? God's got to pay for what he orders. If he wants me doing it, he'll provide the income. He obviously does because the bills are all paid. So, therefore, there's no struggle. I work hard, but what I do is not hard. I mean, I work really hard. I will be tired physically when I go home, but it's not hard for me to do what I do because I'm doing it all by the grace of God. Now, I'll tell you what's hard. One full 24-hour period of being angry and unre and resentful and mad at somebody and in unforgiveness. Now, that will just about kill me. And here's the difference. I'm working hard, but I'm not working internally. When you're angry, you can be sitting in a chair, but you're working so hard internally that it's killing you. One full day of full-blown worry and anxiety can just about do you in. I would rather do three of these conferences back-to-back, -back, four sessions each, than to spend one whole day, I mean, rip roaring mad at somebody. That just about does me in. I can't handle that. So if we can learn how to receive the grace of God and let God do things through us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not just a little scripture that we quote. 
But you really can. Whatever God wants you to do, you can do it by the grace of God. You say, well, then, why am I so frustrated? <laughs> well, we're going to get there. You know, I've got a lamp over here. Why is there no light here? I don't hear a lamp you're supposed to get anymore. There's a light. Crying out loud. Oh, it's not plugged in. Oh, needs to be plugged in. Oh. Well, that was easy. Okay, it's like this. If there's a power source here, the power source is God. <laughs> Come on, somebody's getting it already. <laughs> See how smart you are? Revelation. There's a power source right here. Huh? It's not the power's fault if the lamp is not plugged in. So here's what we need to do. We just need to plug in. Every time that you feel frustrated, take a moment and plug in. Every time you feel worn out, take a moment and plug in. Don't you dare go out your door in the morning without making sure that you are a full charge, that all of your batteries are fully charged up. Well, we don't have to live a life full of struggle and frustration. But we do need to humble ourselves and ask God for help and then receive his free gift of grace into our lives. Today we're offering you the teaching Amazing Grace. It's four hours of teaching, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I can tell you, I don't think you can ever really have peace if you don't understand how to receive God's grace. And along with it, we're offering you our coffee mug that's been very popular, and it has a saying on it that's a good reminder. It says, good morning, this is God. And there's a reminder on the mug that says, I'll be handling all your problems today, so I will not need your help. So just go ahead and have a good day. I love you. You know what? If you're going to drink coffee, you might as well drink it out of a mug from a ministry because then the money can be used to help other people all around the world. So I love you, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. And I hope you'll get your copy of this teaching on Amazing Grace. Have a great day. Learn how to experience the power of God's grace in your life with Joyce's four-CD series, Amazing Grace. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that will get you through every day, the same grace that will change you, that will help you into new levels of holiness, that will give you favor, that will cause people to like you, that, that will open doors for you. That same favor is what we have to have, that same grace in every single area of our life. And we need to learn how to live by grace. This powerful resource, along with this mug inscribed with, Good morning, this is God, featuring a friendly reminder that God is in control, is available today for your gift of just $30 or more. To order, call us toll-free at 1-800-727-9673 or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. Well, magazine, she sends out. There's something in there for everybody. Enjoying Everyday Life magazine is free. Subscribe at JoyceMeyer.org to read encouraging articles from Joyce and much more. Reading through the magazine is confirmed for me, God's at work. The child that is hungry, a plate of food represents nourishment, strength, hope. Hope that you can provide. Join us in our ongoing efforts to feed more hungry children. Sponsor a Hope Plate today. 
Your gift of $30 can feed five precious children for an entire month. It's more than just a meal. It's a serving of hope. Sponsor a Hope Plate today. We hope you have enjoyed today's program. Please contact us or visit JoyceMeyer.org to share your prayer request, feed a conference schedule, or partner with us in sharing Christ and loving people all across the globe. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. You cannot blame and be blessed at the same time. You can play the blame game or you can be blessed, but you can't be both. Worship by Hillsong is back for an all-new season on the Hillsong Channel. We'll be bringing you some of your favorite praise and worship songs from Hillsong United, Hillsong Worship, and Hillsong Young and Free. Join us for an all-new season of Worship by Hillsong on the Hillsong Channel. As our way of saying thank you for your gift of support to our ministry this month, we'd like to send you Pastor Brian's brand new ministry resource entitled How to Fight Fear. In this practical and uplifting resource, you'll discover how you can effectively identify and overcome the power of fear in your life. It's vital that we live in the reality that fear is an emotion, and therefore, through Christ, we have authority over it. This month we're prepared a special offer for you that will encourage and strengthen you in your battle with fear, whether it's fear of failure, fear of the past, fear of death, Regardless of what you may be battling in the area of fear today, I want you to know that you can overcome. Call or log on now, and as you give, be sure to request the new resource, How to Fight Fear, and take a step toward living in freedom and victory over the fear in your life today.
The scripture here says that God sends his word into your life for a purpose. So the enemy knowing this has to plant thoughts in your mind that will pervert that purpose. And this scripture is important because the, the Hebrew people have been, have been going through a cycle. That's the first word I want to mention is cycle. Um, it is a cycle of captivity. And we came to church today, not just to get a little something to make us feel better about our symptoms, but we came here so the Word of God could break our cycles that have kept us trapped. Let's talk about the level, the level that you think on. Isn't that what God means when he says, hey, my, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. What level are you thinking on? Are you still thinking like you're 13 and you're 30? Still getting your feelings hurt over who didn't speak to you like you're a teenager and you are a grown person, human being, individual. Sorry. Does somebody say grow up? Paul said when I was a child, I thought like a child. That's the level I was on. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. Come on, to go up, you've got to grow up. Grow up in your thinking. Grow up in your processing. Just a thought. Just a thought. I told you two weeks ago, as you go higher, it always gets harder. How many of you are in a management position in your job, a management position? Include if you are a mom, you are in a management position, only you are managing terrorists. Raise your hand if you're in a management position. Management position? Cool. I wanted to say something about the management position. The management position is, is a little bit harder than just the simple employee position because now you're, you're having not only to manage your own discipline, and your own thinking, and your own decisions, but now when you got your promotion, along with your promotion came Pete. And, and, and Pete smokes weed, and Pete, Pete doesn't show up on time very much, but now, because you're a manager now, because you're, you're required to think on a higher level, now you're not only thinking about how to get yourself to work with car problems, now you've got to think about how Pete gets to work with car problems. And if Pete doesn't show up, who's going to show up? So ask the person next to you, are you sure you want the promotion? Because you're going to have to think about things differently in your mind. Higher level. My thoughts are not your thoughts, God says. My ways are not your ways. But you do have access to think like I think. God invites you to come up here and think on my level. Come up here in my box seat and watch the game, God says. Come up here and fly 30,000 feet over what's been keeping you up at night. It won't look the same up here. You know how I know that? Paul wrote something so cool in Colossians 3 about the resurrection. He said that the resurrection is more than just a miracle. Mm -hmm. The resurrection is a miracle. It's a historical miracle when Jesus got up from the grave. But it's more than a miracle. Because Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 1, Since then you have been raised, since you have been raised with Christ, 
set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Watch this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The resurrection is not just a miracle. The resurrection is a mindset. I came to ask today, do you have a resurrection mindset? Can you look at defeat and see deliverance? Can you look at obstacle and see opportunities? Can you look at shortage and see supply? Can you look at not enough and see more than enough? Can you look at conflict and see conquest? I'm talking about a resurrection mindset. I'm talking about the kind of mindset that knows that the seed didn't come into the ground just to die. But after it's done dying, it produces new life. Come on, we're thinking on a new level. A new level. Come on up, get on up, get on up. It's a new level. And so Jesus came that I might have life. But for me to experience the life he's given me, i got to come up to his level. I can't stay down here. When Jesus descended to come where you are, it was setting up the fact that he was going to get up so you can come where he is. Heavenly places. Heavenly places. Come on, high-five somebody and say, keep your head in the clouds. Get your thought life where Christ is. Get your thought life where joy reigns on another level. I'm excited about it. I can just see you this week thinking on a higher level. Come on, we're enrolling in God's higher education program. You know what the goal of higher education is? It's not to teach you what to think, it's to teach you how to think. So often we're so busy. Like I was when I first started the church, I'll go around and meet with different pastors, and I'll say, all right, what should I do about this, and what should I do about that, and what are you doing with this, and what are you doing with that, and what do you do with that, and what do you do with that. And one of them stopped me one day, he broke my cycle. He said, you can travel around asking everybody what, uh, what to do, or you can start learning how they think. And if you'll start learning how successful people think, you'll know what to do in your situation. We often come to God so dependent on him to tell us what to do. But what if you came to him this week and just said, God, work on my mind. All right, all right, all right. I'll put a challenge on it. Don't ask God to fix a single situation in your life this week. Don't ask him to fix a single situation. Okay? Instead, ask him to work on your thinking about your situations. Because that's something you can control. Set your mind. And be nice if you can set everybody else's too. I'm not going to lie. Don't you ever want you to find a switch so people can think like you? We just to say correctly? But I'm glad that at least he gave me my own switch. That I can't change what you think about me. And I can't change how you perceive me. But in Jesus' name today, I'm going to get my mind off of earthly things and set my mind on a higher level. You have to make this decision more than once, you know. You make it every time a thought comes, you have to determine the origin of that thought. Write that word, the origin, origin, origin. Where did this come from? Where, where did this come from? Where did this come from? God was just sent by you. God said, I'm going to send my word into your life. You know what's interesting, though? He says, 
that he's going to send his word into my life. But that, that doesn't mean that he's the only one that's going to be sending words into our life. So the mail that God's going to give you is going to come in the same box as the mail that life is going to deliver. And you have to learn how to sort it out. You have to learn how to check the return address. You remember when I joined Columbia House with 12 CDs for a penny? But I always forgot to send the selection of the month back, so they send you Kenny G, and you didn't want Kenny G, but some of y'all don't know anything about this. But, but my mom said, she, she, my mom got a little attitude on her. She said, right, return the sender on the box and make them take it back. And that's exactly what I did when they sent me a CD I didn't order. I put, some of y'all need to get out your marker and some of the thoughts that have been showing up in your mailbox that didn't come from God. Just right across the top, I want you to write three words. Return to sender. If God didn't give this, I'm not putting up with it. I'm not, certainly not going to grow it. So people say funny stuff to me. I think people just say funny stuff, but I, I think I hear more of it than the average person as a pastor. People say funny stuff like this, for instance. I'm in big sporting goods this week. A gentleman walks up to me, very nice man, very nice man, very nice man, Reggie, really nice guy. Okay, got that? Nice guy. Sure, remember. And goes, man, I'm sorry about all that stuff they're saying about you on Facebook, which would have been fine if I had seen anything that anybody said about me on Facebook. But I'm not 70, so I haven't been on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding about that last part. That was good. I said, what are they saying? And then I stopped myself because I realized I'm having a good day with my family. And I'm not about to let Facebook get all up in my family day. So it's shifted for me. So we're like, what did they say to, it really doesn't matter what they said. I think I'd rather push Abby around on this tricycle through Dick's Sporting Goods and get Grandma off the elliptical machine and get Elijah to quit swinging this kettlebell before we break something and they ban us from Dick's Sporting Goods for life than stand here and hear about Facebook. In other words, what I'm trying to say is I don't live by people's compliments because if I lived by their compliments, I would die by their criticism. I don't live by that. I've learned not to live by that. I don't live by bread alone. I don't live by what people can feed me. I proceed from every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Yeah, I will. And yes, I am. And, and yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what he said. And if he said it, I said if he said it, does somebody say, consider the source? Consider the source. You, you got to decide whose mouth you're going to let get close to your ear. You got too many mouths vying for your attention. That's why you're so confused. Too many mouths. <laughs> no, no, no. 
And you think there's something wrong with your mind. There's nothing wrong with your mind. There's something wrong with the mouth that you're allowing to speak into your mind. Come on. Come on. Clap about it. I'm helping you. 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 Because you're just too full of stuff. You got to check your usage. Your, your usage. Put it up. Your usage. You got to go in there and go into the settings. Your brain is a device. It's only got so much memory. It's only got so many gigs. But you can go on there and you can check on this little um, screen right here for the usage. But if you click on that, it'll tell you what's wearing out your battery. Oh, God. And then it'll tell you in storage. How much you're, you're using of your storage. You remember when your phone quit taking um, uh, videos the other day? Holly couldn't record a video. She couldn't take a picture. Her phone was so full. Well, I guess it was. We found out she had never deleted a text message in her entire adult life. She was saving all of them like a message in a bottle, like it was an epistle on the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, of course, she couldn't capture what was happening because her phone was too full of what had happened. And so there, there's nothing wrong with the device. There's just some stuff you need to delete so that the device can be used at its full potential. What am I talking to? This message is fire today. Yeah, get in there. I see a tab that says, Manage storage. Manage storage. It means I can't control every thought that comes, but I can control which ones to keep and which ones to clip on and which ones to delete. And then, and then when I run out of space on my phone, they got something else on there right below. You see this? Zoom in the camera. Come on, boy. Zoom in the camera. Because you got to see what's below that is the... The what? The what? The cloud. What's my message called? Keep your head in the what? Keep your head in the... I'm trying to say that every spiritual blessing is stored up for you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And if you keep your head up there, your imagination, here's the day, here's the day, this is the day, you're going to get your imagination back on track if you get your head back in the right place on the right things right now. I got so much to get you. I want to send my word into your life, but you're in a drought. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a drought. You're in a, a, a thinking recession, a recession of optimism, a reception of positivity, a reception of possibility. You can't think straight anymore. Your creativity has turned into chaos because you've allowed the enemy to impregnate your imagination, and you haven't irrigated your imagination with my word. You've let it dry up. You've let, all your, you've let all your ideas about the future dry up because of the criticism of others, but we're going to get this thing going today. We're going to get it going in a different direction. Everybody say direction. 
direction, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts, and like the rain comes down from the clouds, like the rain comes down, show what I've been working on. I'm working on this the whole time. Oh! I see a cloud the size of a man's hand rising up over the sea. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain falling on your life. It's in the cloud. And Isaiah, Isaiah was a good prophet, but he was no scientist. You know, I used to want to be a weatherman when I was a little boy. It never happened for me. But, you know, this is the closest I'm ever going to get because I start thinking about rain cycles. If, if the rain comes down from the heaven and waters the earth, the rain gathers in a cloud. But the rain doesn't start in the cloud. It starts in the ocean. And the sun heats the ocean until the water in the ocean changes form. And when that water evaporates, it doesn't cease being water. Water, it just turns into a different state for a little while. And it rises to a different atmospheric pressure until it can cool down enough to condense. And when it condenses, if enough of those little drops get together in the cloud, the drop will be heavy enough. And it is at that point that the cloud will burst and the rain will replenish the earth. I'm only giving you a weather lesson because I wanted you to know that this rain is not a rain that God is going to send down from the clouds. It's going to begin when you send up from within yourself a worship and a praise that God can transform into rain in your life. You know, some of us are waiting around for God to fix our mindsets. And we think it's just going to drop down out of the clouds. But I got news for you, Christian. It's not going to come down until you send it up. Peace isn't going to come down until you send praise up. But if you make a decision today, no matter what kind of drought you're in, no matter what kind of captivity you've been under, no matter what kind of cycle you've been stuck in, I feel the Spirit of God on this message so strong. If you make a decision today to send up worship, if that, let's do it right now. If enough drops together get together, we can make a cloud. If enough drops together come together, we can make it rain. Come on, let's make it rain. Let's make it rain. Let's make it rain. Let's make it rain. We're the rain makers. We're the rain makers. We're the rain makers. We're the rain makers. God said, the reason it's not raining in your life is because there's something that you need to release. 
those dry places in your life today. They're not waiting on God to burst the clouds. They're waiting on you to send up something that God can transform. He said, as the rain falls from the heaven and waters the earth, so shall my word be. It will not return to me. Void. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And you get your head up there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you today what I know. I'm telling you what I live. I'm telling you what I have to work on myself. He said, when there's no rainfall, everybody, I, I dare you to tell me there's not an area in your mind where there's a drought of joy. I dare you. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Your pants are on fire. There you go. How big your bank account is. I don't care how big your biceps are either. There is an area of your life. If we could do a spiritual brain scan of you, there are strongholds. There are ways. Pathways. Created by thoughts. And God wanted to bring you into an atmosphere today where you could release the rain. Release the rain. Why, why don't you receive it? What's stopping you from receiving it? You know, we said to these captives in Babylon, before they ever even got in trouble, he said, the moment that you turn to me, the moment that you return to me, I'm more than ready to replenish and restore your life. And where there's briars, there's going to be junipers. Where there's thorn bushes, there's going to be some, some myrtles. Where there's misery, you're going to find meaning this week. As you're thinking, it's raised to it. Why don't you lift your hands right now? Do you feel comfortable? Some of you never done that in your life. You always look at the people weird who are lifting their hands like there's something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. They just don't want to be in a dry place. So when they lift their hands, they're saying, let it rain, God. Let it rain. Let it rain on me. Let it rain on me. Let it rain on me. Let it rain on my thinking. Let it rain on my family. God, I don't want to pass on this thinking to my children. God, I want to break the cycle. I've been in a drought too long. I've been in a drought too long. God, release your rain today. I release my worry. I release my anxiety. I release it. Now let it rain. Let it rain. Well, we put together a special new resource for you called Soul Control. This has the power to change how you see yourself, how you see the world around you, because... You can't always control circumstances, but God has given you charge of your soul. We're calling this the key to sustaining strength in a draining world. And I know it's a struggle to be healthy in a world that constantly shows images of perfection that are impossible to achieve. Then you find yourself feeling insecure, you've got anxiety, stress, and you feel trapped within yourself like you are never enough. And over time, this takes a toll on you and your soul, and it starts to spill out into your life. And that's why we put this new resource together, Soul Control. It's not just a collection of sermons, though. It's, it's more like a toolkit for your soul to help you build the right foundation that will set you up for success in all areas of your life. And we're going to tackle this on all fronts. So through this series, you'll discover how to be content no matter what you face because the condition of your soul matters the most. 
We're going to focus on our hearts. We're going to talk about three steps to keeping your heart healthy so you live in a place of joy. And we're going to do some work on our mind. You know that crazy place where the battle is waged every single day? The enemy is trying to keep you trapped in cycles of negative thinking and cynicism. It's time to break free from them. So this is a packed series. We put some bonus messages to show you how to set your standards and stop apologizing. Prepare for a healthier life, better relationships, and come out of spiritual drought. So call or go online and request your copy of Soul Control. It's even fun to say. If you call, you can say, I want Soul Control. It's a six-part DVD series, and it's yours with a gift of any amount to the ministry. So stop what you're doing. Take control right now of that soul that God has given you, your mind, will, and emotions, and get them to align with the will of God. Stay tuned for a preview of what you can expect. God has given you editing software in your spirit to choose what you call to your mind. And what you recall to your mind determines the revelation that you will have and the faith that you can walk in and the contentment that you will enjoy. Maybe this won't take your pain away. But if you will start seeing your pain, as preparation. I'm not saying God's the one who hurt you. I'm saying in his hands, whatever hurts you will become healing for where he's taking you. The place of conflict is the place of calling. But you have to be comfortable hiding in the midst of hardships to know that God is your refuge, your strong power in the battle, not from it. How can I look to culture for my standards and then look to God for my strength? How can I look for the world to tell me how to live and then expect God to give me strength for a standard that was not His? I don't live by people's compliments because if I live by their compliments, I would die by their criticism. I don't live by that. Just survival. 
We believe new life can flourish from the ashes of death. It makes our friends at Hillsong and so many of you its happening. In Syria, in Iraq, families are finding new life. Communities are being rebuilt. Violence is being unmade. There is a more beautiful world waiting to be made. Let's build it together today. I actually think when you read the scriptures, you kind of rest in the sense that God has a calling for my life. God creates us with a desire. Now he knows something more for us. But we're here for a reason. God does so much to set us up to win. What we have to do is to our eyes and live according to the promise of God. Because God has so much more for you. some tables over in your heart right now? What would it look like for Jesus the bouncer to come into your life and say, you know what, that attitude you carry towards your spouse, that attitude you carry towards your workplace, that religiosity, that hypocrisy, that corruption, that constant wanting to bargain with God's will and not really being fully submitted, that needs to be cleaned out. Hi, I'm Paul. Almost ten years ago, my dad, my hero, my pastor passed away unexpectedly. He built a big church and left some pretty large shoes to fill. When he died, I didn't just lose my dad. I lost my faith. I lost my purpose and my future. But God showed up and restored my faith. And he gave me a message of hope to share with you. You're here on purpose. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are right in front of you, and you have victory in your life because Jesus lives in you. What does the Bible have to say about who Jesus was? What Jesus Money. I gotta make this break. I gotta miss this break, bro. Yeah. 
Okay, let's try this again. Anybody there? <laughs> Somebody's been here for a minute. Good morning. Did you hear me when I came on? I heard when you you chimed in the first first time I came in when nobody's there. Then I the phone dropped call it might drop in a minute again, but um then I heard when you chimed in and said talk shoot. Yeah, when I chimed in and said what? You said talk shoot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard when you came in. I ain't hear you say nothing though. Man, when I tell you the the principal call of a lockdown yesterday Oh, wow. And the boy opened my door, and so I went to shut the door. The boy pushed me against the wall and pushed me over a desk. I'm so bruised, Sam. Wait, wait, stop and say, Pushed me over a desk. But a student did? Yes, I am so bruised. I can't even my range of motion for lifting up my arms. It's, it, I have no range of motion of even when I took a shower this morning to even wipe under my arms. It's uh, impossible. Uh, he just got stupid. I think y'all a lockdown. I want to see. I want to see if they got a lockdown. There's something going on. When I tell you, I need you to pray like so. Zip me up. I tell you, are you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, because I didn't know I had dropped calls. I was just normal by drop a call on the lot, drop a call. Going to work as normal, I would drop one on this side of the road. Yes, yes, yes. I'm talking about it hurt in my sleep. I didn't go to Mercy Room because I was, it was so packed. I just, <laughs> and I was going to spend my entire evening. Mercy Room was on another day. But I took the shower this morning and I was, you know, moisturizing my body. And I saw all the bruises, red, as dark as I am, red, blittery. <laughs> oh, you got to get So that's, that's, that's comical to you. I guess I'll drop call Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh-huh. I just thought you got your little chucker on. I just was waiting for you to say something smaller. And then our sister principal got assaulted yesterday. So we got to go to Supernala and issue, yeah, uh, Delta, Dr. Ladd. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know what's going on with these children. I know school's about out, but my goodness, you're acting stupid. Help me on, man. Oh, I'm just trying to see if I'm trying to make sure I ain't dropped no call. Oh. Yep. Yes, Lord God, the name of Jesus. So they class three, the young man, meaning that he's been excused, going up for expulsion. So... Kids put out on social media and knocked the boy out. 
Hello? I'm here. I'm here. I'm laughing at you. Now you laugh. Boy, I'm Secretary Cole say, uh, Buster Douglas. I said, huh? Buster Douglas. I what you mean? Buster <laughs> <laughs> he said the kids got on the social media that you would knock that boy out. I said, he's knocked him out. He's still walking. <laughs> Buster Douglas. That's pretty good. That's okay. All righty then. I guess that's the area he was talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> We praise our name, Father. We glorify you, Lord. As you shift, as you move, speak to us, Holy Spirit. As the word of God comes forth, as the anointing of Christ moves, Speak to us, Holy Spirit. As you empower us, mm. strengthen us. Yes, yes, yes. Gird us up, Lord. Equip us for the task that is at hand. Pour forth into our lives mm. that anointing. The strength, the desire, the revelation, the courage pour forth into our lives those things that we need mm, so that we can rise up to do that which you call us to do, Lord. We continue to praise your name, Father. We continue to seek your face, Lord. Mm. We continue to give you the glory. As your word comes and moves. As your word comes and moves, Lord. Mm. 
As your word comes forth, to accomplish what you said it to do, Lord. Help us to not back down, but to trust you, Father, and to let you be God. Twist, move, shape the atmosphere. Strengthen, encourage. Ooh, yes, reveal. Horambu, Horashiki, Haranda, Horumbuke, Haramboke. Chandraska, Horomboke, Horombokose, Horandike, Horombokosa, Hanroske, Homboke, Haraka, Shendike, Horonkose, de yes, 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 Lord, Hanroske, de Kandroska, Daka, yes, 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 Father God, Horomboko, and Akondoko, and we're going to walk. We're going to march. We're going to do what you called us to do, Lord. We will not back down. We will not back down. Mm, mm, mm. We will not back down. Because you've got us on a mission. And we've got a task to accomplish. Help us to hear, to move, and do what you want us. We will walk. We will be victorious. Because you already won the battle, Father. We will be victorious because you already won the war, Lord. We will be victorious because you have said so. And your word is the final authority on the matter. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You want to go ahead and get your prayer in? I will. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, first of all, good morning, everyone. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for allowing us to come together this morning, Father God. To come together on one accord, Father God, to just present ourselves to you, Father. Lord God, we just thankful and grateful for who you are, Father God. You are Alpha Omega, the beginning and our end. Father God, you have been a comforter, you have been a friend, a healer, a deliverer. A source of salvation, Father God. Lord God, you have been our strength when we were weak, Father God. You have been our direction when we were lost. Lord God, you have been our everything. And Father God, we just thank you this morning. Thank you this morning, Father God, that when we laid down last night, we woke up this morning, Father God, with a portion of our help and our strength. Father God, we thank you for just loving on us when we didn't love ourselves, caring for us, Father God. We thank you for the faith in which we have learned to put our trust in you. Lord God, even when we can't see it, Father God. We know a direction will be made. The change will go forth, Father God, that you are still in control. Father, as the call go forth this morning, Father God, may be a source of encouragement, a source of strength, a source of whatever we're lacking and needing, Father God, may it go forth. May we glean from each other as we go forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, once again, Lord God, as we continue in prayer, we lift your holy righteous name. We praise you, 
for being our rock, Lord God, the rock, Lord God, through the ages, Lord God. We thank you, O oh God, that you woke us up this morning, clothed in our right mind, giving us a portion of our health and strength. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you paid the Lamb's blood of our doorposts and the death of angels passed by and didn't visit our families. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the provisions that you have given us, Lord God, to Christ Jesus, Lord God. For he is our keeper, he's our protector, he's our deliverer, he's our salvation, he's our God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that Jesus prayed for us and called our names out before you, Lord God, that you spared our lives. Lord God, we thank you for the precious mercies that you have given us. We thank you for the grace and the peace, Lord God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, Heavenly Father, as we go about this day, we ask that you will cover and keep us and protect us, Lord God, even as we travel on the highways on our jobs, in our homes, in our families, Lord God. Keep us in this land, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you have been the one we can call upon, Lord God, and you have never left us, nor would you forsake us, Lord God, because you said that you are our God. Father God, we just come to give our lives over to you. We actually have full reign and full control over, over this call and over our lives, Lord God. Order our steps in your word. Keep us in your peace. Watch us on the let your peace be and never abide upon us. Lord God, we just ask you to bless my sister, um, Madam Marie, this morning, Lord God, and let her see your salvation. Let Sam feel your Holy Spirit, your presence come upon him, Lord God. Let Erica and Miss Renee and Lisa and Felicia and the many other people who come on this call, Andre, Lord God, Mark, Charles, and Gully, Lord God. Let them feel your presence, Lord God, even though they may be absent from the call, Lord God. Let them know that you are present within you, within their, their, you're present with them. Lord God, we ask you to keep our families in perfect peace. Make us whole to make us complete. Bend and bind up, Lord God, those things that the enemy is trying to come against us. Tear down those strongholds, Lord God, that the enemy is trying to come against us. But, Father God, we all know that we are going through. We go through a test, or we may be going through a test and coming out of a storm. But, Father God, you are our shelter. You're the one who hides us under your almighty wings. Come and keep us and protect us. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Anybody else want to pray? Go on once. One twice. All righty. Oh. Time to do the reading. Happy Joho Joho Hoy. Okay, and the book is here. From the context of this passage, we can see the apostle stresses that the gospel he preaches 
was disclosed to him by God rather than taught to him by other apostles. This is a point of intense, of immense significance. The gospel we preach must not be just something we hear from men or read from books or even concede through our meditation. Unless it is delivered to us by God, it can serve no spiritual utility. Young Christians today welcome the idea of instructors and the spiritually mature wish to impart an orthodox faith to the second generation. But who knows what really produces spiritual value? If what we believe and preach does not originate in revelation, it counts for nothing. We can gather from the minor others some beautiful thoughts, yet our spirit remains impoverished and empty. Obviously, we're neither to expect a new gospel nor to demean what the servants of God teach. For the Bible distinctly instructs us not to despise prophesying, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 20. We're simply emphasizing the utter necessity of revelation. Okay. Ah. Hmm. I'm going to back this up. Thus ought we to follow the direct leading of the Lord in our spirit rather than words of spiritual people. Does this imply that the words of the spiritual father are useless? No, they are most useful. The exhortation and the teaching of the fathers are most helpful, but we nonetheless ought to weigh what is said. We must be instructed by the Lord directly in our spirits, as 1 Corinthians 14 and 29. When we are uncertain whether a movement in the spirit is actually of God or not, we can be helped greatly by those who have been taught deeply in the Lord. But if we already have known for sure, as Paul was, that God has so revealed his mind, then we ought not to inquire of men, nor even of apostles, should they still exist today. So we're going back to Paul, and we're going back to how we're told to walk. We ought to follow the direct leading of the Lord in our spirit rather than words of spiritual people. Okay, see, that's why, again, you, it's important that you have your own one-on-one -on -one time with God so you get to know his voice, you get an understanding of his word, you know how he operates in your own life. That's how you get to be able to connect and to flow with him. Filled with the spirit. First of all, salvation. Then filled, filled with the spirit. Then filled with the spirit speaking in other tongues. All of this gets you equipped to be able to connect with God. Well, you can't connect with God until salvation comes. That's first and foremost. But then in order to grow up in the spiritual gifts of God so that ultimately you can flow with the Holy Spirit. See, there's a different thing from being touched with the Spirit of God, speaking in tongues every now and then, or even speaking in tongues. Well, I'm going to say about kind of so when you start speaking in tongues like, you know, a whole lot more than less, you're pretty much flowing with God by then. But the flow with God means that you know how God moves and operates in your lives. You can sense his presence. See, that's that, that's that intuition that's inside of us. And so now literally this man is breaking down the processes of how we're supposed to operate. We ought to follow the direct leading of the Lord in our spirit rather than the words of spiritual people. Does this then apply that the words of spiritual fathers are useless? No, they are most useful. The exhortation and teachings of the fathers are most helpful, but we nonetheless ought to weigh what is said. In other words, whenever anybody says anything to you, then after that you need to go one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. Or you can be one-on-one -on -one with the Lord, and then somebody will confirm what's inside of your spirit. That's basically how this thing operates. In other words, there are times that you, that you know, but you want to verify, and there are other times that you don't know, 
and then a confirmation will come. But still, it all going to come from your own personal relationship with your God. <clears throat> we must be instructed by the Lord directly in our spirits. That's where it comes from. That's why you got to learn to get up out your mind. And, uh, yeah, see, there we go right there. Stay out your mind. <laughs> get out your head. Get out your thoughts, your ways, your desires. You see, that, that's, that's, that's why we be in trials and tribulations, because that's the only way the Lord can break that stuff up off of us, because we're going to put our hands on it. Bottom line, nature, just because of the nature of the flesh. Just because of the nature of the flesh. The flesh and the spirit warth against each other. So it, it is what it is. So... You have to be trained how to get out of your head and then how to stay out of your head, Erica. <laughs> I was messing with her the other day. She had a situation in her church, and um, <laughs> so I said, I was messing with her. I said, so uh, she had in a praying for a lady. I said, so how did you pray? The only way I know how, because see, at her church, praying in the spirit, and we kind of leave Erica alone a little bit, you know, but they don't really, really flow in that capacity like she does. But because of the situation and the gravity of it, you know, and, and I mess with my sister because, see, I understand she, she tries to pull back, and which we do. We don't, you know, uh, no, I ain't, you know, I don't want, uh-huh, you know. So when I was messing with her, how, how, how'd you pray for her? Only way I know how, I ain't caring what people think. I know what needs to be done, and I know the only way to get the power and anointing of God that's needed for this particular situation. If you can't understand and accept it, I suggest you move because it's no longer about me trying to put on a facade. I, I have been trained by God how to pray. See, that's why in the Word of God it says, Lord, teach me how to pray because we got to be taught how to pray. And the, Holy, and the Holy Spirit will teach you and give you the different revelations about praying, even those who may not Speak in turn right now. You know why? Because your head blocking. Yeah, I said it. Cause I don't know what I'm saying, and I gotta put my hand. I just ain't ready. Whatever, whatever. I'm, I mean, cause see, this is grad work here, so I, that's nothing but an excuse. You know, you gotta learn how to get past your excuses. You gotta learn how to overcome yourself. That's what's stopping you from walking in the fullness of who God called you to be. When we're uncertain whether a movement in the Spirit is actually a God or not, we can be held greatly by those who have been taught deeply in the Lord. But if we already have known for sure, as Paul was, that God has so revealed his mind, then we ought not inquire man nor even apostles should they still exist today. From the context of this passage, we can see the apostle stresses that the gospel he preaches was disclosed to him by God rather than taught to him by other apostles. This is a point of immense significance. The gospel we preach must not be just something we hear from men or read from books or even conceive through our meditation. Unless it is delivered to us by God, it can serve no spiritual utility. So what is he saying? He's saying you have to... Hmm. Okay, let's go back to Paul. Paul basically was more so for the Gentiles. The Gentiles are not Jews. Peter, he went to the Gentiles, but Paul more so because Paul wrote the more whole, whole more Testament. So basically, the Jews were steeped in tradition, uh, uh, righteousness, and and and, 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 and uh, doctrine. So for them to go to the Gentiles, 
Because they're not a Jew. Only, you know, the only ones who write are the Jews. But Paul went to the Gentiles. He talked to the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit directly came to him from the Word of God and imparted him with revelation from the Word of God about how the Gentiles were also the olive branch that was grafted into the tree. So he had direct revelation from God that he that the that the Gentiles too are can be saved. Remember the uh, the scriptures with the woman with the breadcrumbs and Jesus called her a dog, but she said, "Hey, the dogs will eat off the crumbs that fall to the floor." And it was from that perspective that Jesus was able to help her. So Paul didn't come from from what man had talked and steeped in tradition. He came directly from revelation from God. So now that's what he's talking about. He said this is a. He said, of course, he said, the gospel we preach must not be something we hear, just something we hear from men or read from books or even conceive through our meditation. Unless it's deli- delivered to us by God, it can serve no spiritual utility. See, now this comes to where I'm always talking about application. So this one comes from getting beyond your head because other than that, it's just book knowledge. That's something that you heard. Try walking this thing out. Try living this thing out. It's the same way you go to college. All that time you go to college, you might even go and get you a, a master's. Then you actually come out there in the actual workplace and begin to apply. Oh, you're going to find that it's vastly different. Does, does it mean college is a waste of time? No. It provides a foundation that trains you to think, critical thinking. It gives you directions and paths and how to formulate things and ideas. But bottom line, when you come out here in real life, and everything you learn in the book, all of a sudden, here comes something from left field. And here comes Sally Maker. She got in an argument with her boyfriend. And she's going to just let this paperwork sit on the desk that you need. See, see they don't get into all that in the, in the, you know, in the classroom. They just tell you how it's supposed to work. But now when you start dealing with people and habits and, and somebody who, and corporate America and all these different things that come to play, and all you want to do is go to work. See, all that, you don't realize all that, and it's not taught. What well, it can't teach you, that's called life. So now what he's saying is, this is the same way with the Word of God. You here are now are being taught the Word. You're giving, you're giving doctrines. You give, I give you formulas. I hope you realize that. I'll be trying to tell y'all to quit wasting your time, but you some of you can still get in your head about what you want to do. Okay, go ahead. Spend another five or 20 years. I'm trying to save you some time. I see some of y'all doing some things. Okay. This is what you need to do, A, B, C, D, and you go right ahead and do what you want to do. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. But the only reason I'm saying I have learned a lot. I have, I've seen formulas. I, there are formulas. There are ways that God has you do things. These are the principles and how things are being acted. Now, when you're going to want to go a little bit different, that's fine. Go ahead. Am I trying to say that I'm totally right? No. I'm trying to say, you know, if you do this basic pattern, it's from that that you'll get to fine-tuning because, see, your personality, your spirit is different than mine. God made you different than me, but the principles are going to still basically be the same. <sighs> Unless it's delivered to us by God and can serve no spiritual utility. Young Christians today welcome the idea of instructors and the spiritually mature wish to impart an orthodox faith to the second generation. But who knows what really produces spiritual value? If what we believe and preach does not originate in revelation, it counts for nothing. What does it mean, originates in revelation? He means that your spirit reveals it to your mind. That means the mind of Christ, which is inside of you, reveals it to the mind of Dre 
in your soul. Now, you should learn now because we talk about this. How does that process happen? It happens when you get into the spiritual arena, you go into the room and knock on the door where the Holy Spirit is at, then your spirit communes with God's spirit, and then your spirit comes back and gets into the intuition part of your spirit, which downloads it to the, to the carnal mind in your soul. And it's from that when you get the aha, which is what he's talking about, the revelation. That's how that process works. But who knows what really produces spiritual value? If what we believe in peace does not originate in revelation, it counts for nothing. We can gather from the mind of others some beautiful thought, yet our spirit remains impoverished and empty. Obviously, we're neither to expect a new gospel nor to demean what the servants of God teach. For the Bible distinctly instructs us not to despise prophesying, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 20. We are simply emphasizing the utter necessity of revelation. Without revelation, all that has been written is vain. If we desire to be spiritually effective in preaching, we initially must apprehend God and truth, God's truth in our spirit. Mm. Without revelation, all that has been written is vain. If we desire to be spiritually effective in preaching, we initially must apprehend God's truth in our spirit. If we desire to be spiritually effective in preaching and speaking and performing our jobs and and being a man, a woman, a God, a husband, a wife, a teacher, a, 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 a janitor, what do I mean by that? We are You don't have to be up on the pulpit to be a minister of the gospel of Christ. You can just be an example by being and being you in your neighborhood, in your family. So you have no, no, you have no, I'm not up on the pole yet, but you alive and you're a child of God. So that means his word needs to be working in your life. You don't have to worry about trying to go go find people. Oh, God's going to send people across your path. God's going to send people your way. The enemy's going to send people your way to try you, to make you stand on God's word. We suffer for righteousness' sake. In other words, what am I saying? That means as you begin to go along in this pathway, because of who you are and whose you are, just because of that, you're going to be tried. You just say, you got a bullseye. As soon as you get saved, bam, look, I'm a bullseye on your, tar- on your back. Really? What, what's this for? Because I can. And I have, the, I have the right to attack you. Now, this is the thing. You were getting attacked anyway before you was a child of God. You just didn't realize it, and you were actually in alignment with it. What do I mean by that? You enjoyed doing all the crazy, foolish things. And you, start, you know, I still remember the day when I went to a club one day, and I was with, with this girl, and she was getting drunk, and then she went to the bathroom, threw up, and came back out and drank some more. I'm like, really? 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 But, hey, that's what she does. Yeah. We enjoy the food. Why do you say the pleasures in sin? So we were so in alignment with the kingdom of hell that we continually do, do these foolish things. But now, through salvation and grace, we now get on the other side and we begin to see differently, think differently, and act differently. So now we're not so much in alignment with the things that Satan was doing in our lives before. Am I trying to say we're perfect? No. Am I trying to say we're totally delivered? No. I'm just saying there's a difference. And so now from that difference, we begin to move and act differently and allow God to, 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 to be God in our lives. 
Anyway, I got sidetracked. Without revelation, all that has been written is vain. If we desire to be spiritually effective in preaching, oh, that's what I was talking about, being an example in your workplace, in your family. So, so in other words, basically, you are a representative of the kingdom of God in what, whoever and where, whatever you're doing. You're an ambassador for Christ. Whatever and however much, whatever and however much is acquired wholesale from man counts for not spiritually. Revelation and spiritual occupy a large place in the Christian servant's life. It is actually the first qualification for a worker. Hmm. Revelation and the spiritual occupy a large place. Whatever and however much is acquired wholesale from man counts not spiritual. In other words. The, the teachings, the words, the books, and all these things we get from man, they're good, but there's much more to it than that. Revelation and spiritual occupy a large place in a Christian servant's life. It's actually the first qualification for a worker. You have revelation in your spirit the moment that you accepted that you believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Before that, you constantly heard about it. You heard about it before, but the day that you said, you know what, mm, there's something different about this today. It's a, I need him. I am a sinner. I need help. That's when you have revelation that I need him to be my Savior. Other than that, you heard about it, yeah, and you might even fought against it. But this particular day, it was something that clicked, and you said, I don't know. I think I need that. So that's, again, revelation in your spirit. It's actually the first qualification for a worker. This alone empowers one to perform spiritual service and to walk by the Spirit. Spiritual service and to walk by the Spirit. I mentioned before about praying, being taught how to pray. And we talked about this before, praying in the Spirit, a praying a spiritual prayer. A spiritual prayer is when you pray long enough to get into the spirit of God to find out what it is that God wants you to speak out about a situation, and that's what you do. Okay, let me let me give you an example. Carnal prayer. God, I need a job. Would you help me? I ain't got no money. My kid's going crazy. Father God, I need some money. Help me to see, help me to move along the pathway so that I can get a job and be a blessing to to my family and to those around me. In Jesus' name I pray, man. You're praying about finances. You need a job. You need some type of provision. That is in line with the word of God. That is in line with what he's saying. But basically, it's a carnal prayer from the soul. Now, what do I mean by that? The selfish desires. Is anything wrong with you needing a job? No. No. But there's a difference. Now, I'm going to show you the difference. When I talk about first you pray, that's why you hear me praying in the Spirit often. Actually, I pray in the Spirit most of the time. But I, because I've been trained to do that. So first of all, when I'm doing that, I'm connecting directly to God. So now when I'm praying about job, finances, prosperity, 
I'm seeing I'm connecting to God right now to hear from him what he is showing me regarding that particular situation. So the need is money. I'm going to my source. But I'm listening to my source as he reveals to me where, okay, check this out, where my provision is, how to go about getting my provision, what to do about it, because he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. See, I'm praying for a job, but as I'm praying in the spirit, I'm going to my source. He says, you need go over here. You don't need a job right now. I need you to go over here, get your food that you need from here, go over here, get this what you need from there, then come back over to where you were at and do this. What is the purpose of the job? The job purpose of the job is to go get money so you can buy some food and pay your bills. But right now, for God's divine purposes, as I prayed in the spirit, he said, don't worry about the job. Trust me. Go over here and get your food. Go over here and do this. Now come back home. You see what, it, see what just occurred? Samuel Farley prayed about the job Jehovah Jireh provided for his child. And he had his divine way and his divine reasons of why he did it that way. Am I trying to say now I have a job? No, I'm not trying to say all that. I'm just telling you the difference between a soulish prayer and a, and, and a spiritual prayer. When you're praying in the spiritual arena, you're connecting with God to hear the pathway that God has for you to walk. <clears throat> I'm going to just keep reading. Without revelation, all that has been written is in vain. We desire to be spiritually effective in preaching. We initially must apprehend God's truth in our spirit. Whatever and however much is acquired wholesale from man counts for not spiritually. Revelation and spiritual occupy a large place in the Christian servant's life. It is actually the first qualification for a worker. This alone empowers one to perform spiritual service and to walk by the spirit. How multiplied are the workers who trust in their own intellect and mind for accomplishing spiritual work. Mm-hmm. How multiplied are the workers who trust in their own intellect and mind for accomplishing spiritual work? You can do godly work, but if you do it in your flesh, then it is not of God. Even when God teaches you something, you need to ask the Holy Spirit as the time to employ that which you showed me. If not, you're doing it in your own strength. See, these are the things that God will begin to show and to teach you as you walk along this path. Because spiritual work, you need the Spirit of God in order to perform it. Because if you're trying to do spiritual work, meaning godly work, let me let me change that term right now, grad students. If you're doing godly work, what do I mean if I'm doing godly work? Meaning God has put me upon a certain path to do certain things. But I'm doing godly work out of my soul. It is not of the spirit of God. So now what happens when I'm doing godly work out of my soul, that means my source is not the spirit of God. So then I'm burning my strength, my anointing, my thoughts, my desire, all of that to accomplish what God needs and desires for you to do in and out of him. So check this out. This is why God a lot of times has us to step out in faith when we're not ready. To step out and do something when we don't understand it. To move when he tells us to move and it doesn't make any sense. Because, see, in that scenario, 
you know, I, but you hear, again, we talked about the voice of God. You hear his voice, and he's telling you to step out, and it doesn't make sense, but you know you need to be obedient. You see it, but, Lord, I'm going to do it by faith. See, now that's humility and obedience right there. So you go ahead and step out. Then as you're walking it out now because of the fact that you don't have it, but you're trusting in God, it forces you to pray to God and to connect with God. And so now you're walking in God as he's directing your steps. And as he's directing your steps, you begin to get up out of your mind because it don't look good, feel good, taste good, smell good, but you know in your spirit that this is what he's called you to do. So now you got to walk through the hardship, the trials, the tribulations, the negativity, trusting in an unseen God. But he's very much heard because you hear him talking to you. So you walk in this path slowly, gingerly, but you're trusting in God. See, what you're doing is you're leaning on him for everything because you recognize you can't do it. You don't have it. You don't understand it. It don't make sense. Why am I out here doing it? Because he told me to. See, this is the reality of, of us walking this walk that a lot of times, well, you know what? I'm going to say it's not taught on a large scale because, well, you know, you're not walking by faith. Oh, that's baloney. Well, that's not God cousin. Oh, that's baloney. You better understand that you got a flesh that's going to say you're a doggone fool. You need to go home and stop. See, this is the reality of walking in faith that people don't understand. That's why it's a necessity that you begin to get an understanding of your flesh nature, of your spirit, soul, and body. That's why I harp on it, because if you can begin to recognize the voices, you can recognize the source. So then when you hear the negativity and those things telling you no, you can recognize, but wait a minute, that's not coming from my spirit. Why do you know that? Because I know God's voice. Because I spend time with him. Then that means you can bypass the negativity and walk on out and to do what God has called you to do. See, that's what he means by walking by the Spirit. It's actually the first qualification for a worker. This alone empowers one to perform spiritual service and to walk by the Spirit. How multiplied are the workers who trust in their own intellect and mind for accomplishing spiritual work? Even among the most evangelical believers, it is perhaps chiefly a mental acceptance of the truth and amounts to nothing but death. Should we not ask ourselves whether what we preach emerges from God revelation or comes from man? And that is our lesson for today. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Questions, comments, criticism, complaints. It's interesting when you were talking about get out of your head because you tell me that quite often because when we're in our head, we imagine things happening that haven't happened yet. Uh, and that also opens the door to allow the enemy to come in because you're now showing that you don't have faith, that you now have doubt, which is a doorway that he's able to use to cause things to be blown out of proportion at a greater level. So that was a good point that was made this morning. And you say that about three or four times. <laughs> I mean, that is so true. You have to, and and let me say this, the stakes just get higher. Same thing, just higher stakes, more value. But it's the same God. Again, but see, that's why the Holy Spirit would train you on the basic levels 
in the small things to prepare you for when, you know, okay, let me say it like this. Well, I often say don't try to get rid of cancer by the word of God when you never gotten rid of a headache by the word of God. Don't try to all of a sudden somebody pulls a gun on you and you well, don't shoot me in the name of Jesus, put that thing down, but you can't keep your mouth closed when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Ooh, did I just go there? But see, the Holy Spirit will grow you up in that capacity so you truly walk without fear. Or when fear confronts you, you can bypass. I got to go ahead because I, I was so, again, I'm going back to that incident with my mother a couple of weeks ago. Fear was everywhere. I purposely bypassed it because I could not afford to look at it and deal with it. Fear was looking at me in my face. What are we going to cry? I purposely, I need to go directly. Like I said, I just said, gully, I need you. That's all I said. Well, I, it was everywhere. I purposely, see, I, I, I can't afford it, but see, I've been trained. I've been trained. I, I, I talk about, you know, first time my father had a situation in the hospital. And I, I, again, I, all that prayer that I do, when I was in the hospital, I couldn't even open my mouth to pray for my father. I was like, wow. But that was a few years ago. <laughs> it's a big difference now. So, again, you have to. And see, this, this comes from being real. I ain't got it. From being real. Man, I messed up. Being real. Maybe I do need to grow. Maybe I ain't really who I thought I was or what I thought I was. Because if it, mm, I do this marketing program with the real estate, I know it's a lot of other factors involved, but the one thing I come, I ain't made the money in it that I thought I could make. Up until this point in time, I believe God, it's about to happen. And it's a variety of different reasons. But bottom line, that means it's something I'm missing. I'm not going to sit up here and blame everything and everybody else. Because the other thing that I noticed, I said, oh, this thing is growing because now there's so many more meetings. Before it was two locations, now it's about four or five. That means it's, it is working. So now if it is working, but I'm not working it or I'm missing, whose fault is that? But so often we want to blame the situation or the man that they didn't do. You know what? Especially, excuse me, us of color. You need to quit tripping about what happened 400 years ago and concentrate on what's going on right here and right now. Understand that it is true. Understand that it happened. Now, if you want to really deal with it, understand that there's some still generational things that need to be dealt with in the spiritual arena as well as what you need to do right now in the natural arena. But what I'm trying to tell you is that cannot be an excuse of why you're not accomplishing or doing what you need to be doing. When you're running your mouth, you're being negative, and this God begins to reveal these things to you, quit trying to pass the buck. Fess up, because God will start talking to you. And again, as my dear sister says, and it's in layers. Because see, at one time, you was all good, but now you reach another level. All of a sudden, God starts revealing that, you know what, you're a lot more negative than you thought. You do a lot more foolishness than you thought. And quit judging people 
when God uses people, oh, come on now, get this. I hope you get this, and I'm going on mute. When God uses people for you to be offended by them, but he's trying to show you that's a point in your life that you're not dead. I hope you got that right there. Because, see, what I'm saying is there will be people who will come and piss you off and make you mad. And then, and God is saying, you see that right there? See, that's what I'm talking about. Well, see, when your standard is God, the Holy Spirit, the triune God, he's trying to say, see, that's that flesh that's inside of you that ain't dead. Because as Mark Charles says all the time, what did he say about a dead horse? You kick a dead horse, it ain't going to kick you back. If your flesh was truly dead, as God has ordained it to be, you wouldn't get all this attitude about what he said, she said, he did, she did. And that ain't right. You know what? But see, God had to allow you to be pricked so you could see that, yeah, maybe I ain't where I thought I was. I'm going to mute. I guess everybody else is, too. <laughs> hey, good morning. How you doing? What's up, Nene? Everything. <sighs> they have breath, praise the Lord. Victory, victory. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Um, came up with a good point especially for what's been going on for the last couple of days about he says, she says. And the thing that's kind of funny, it's almost like from when um, the question came up about, a statement came up about it was so many, and for 400 years, that must have been a choice. But back during the time of um, Israel being under Pharaoh, there was a question there, too. It was so many Israelites that was put into slavery. And how could it be with so many of them and so less of Pharaoh? But then God had sent somebody in, Moses. To say, hey, let my people go. Okay. He took the ones that was willing. He took the ones that wasn't willing. He took the naysayers. He said, come on, let's go. Okay. He went about it a couple of times. Okay. And as the story went, that God had also hardened Pharaoh's heart to prick Moses to. Get in there and say, and be firm to say, look, we're getting ready to go. Now, it says, there's nothing new under the sun. And under us, under our ancestors being under uh, scrutiny, and we still are under scrutiny. You've had Nat Turner, you had Harriet Tubman, you had others who said, hey, look, and Harry Tucker stated herself, I could have taken more if they had realized, if they, you know, if they had realized the condition. Okay. 
here we're back in it still. And if you go back and you read the Willie Lynch letter, it said how they had thought about it, orchestrated it, for where this will be a generational thing that will be hard for us to get out of our head. You see, little things sparking up for what they used to do back in the day. It's coming up again. But guess what? We have credit. We have knowledge. We have a whole lot of things that our ancestors didn't have that we could pull ourselves up, come together, pull ourselves up, and present a mighty blow. But if we keep going back and hold it on to the wrong things, then, yes, we're going to be like those flies that's in the jar. The top is off and we're not realizing that we are and we can be free. But we also got to be accountable. But do we want to do the work of getting up out of that mindset or do we want to stay there and then that's our excuse? Out of criticism? Nope. I have none at this time. And so, at a point, if we don't, if we say we want to get out of that crab barrel, we want to get out of that snake pit, we have got to put forth the effort and the work. They're sticking with the Holy Spirit, praising Jesus and the Lord for provision, for sight. Well, this was an awesome time for a person of color to ways to you know to really say I rise. And also to him to abolish that Willie Lynch letter. So, so far, everything that's said in that Willie Lynch letter, we are going to it just like robots. It was a time we worked, but we, we, we did come up with businesses. We came up with banks. We were flourishing. Okay, it got these people scared. But we, but it was done. There's been many times that we have come together. And you, we can see also for right now, some of the people who um, some of us look up to, they make they make great, great amount of money. But they're not in a position... Well, they should it should be showing us we don't wanna we don't wanna be in that position that they're in. Talking about Ben Parsons, talking about Kanye West, talking about I mean, because Kanye he worked it perfectly. If I can say something just to freak these folks to get them get up and get be angry. Okay. I just got them to pay me some attention. Now, if you actually really got yourself in a good place and you think to yourself more 
okay, well, you didn't have to worry about what he said. And if you can go ahead and put yourself or some other people in a better position and in a better way, you don't even have to give them any air. You got it for where uh, the actress Roseanne Barr. Oh, so how bad him? Okay, but see, guess what? They said um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So if I can get on this this wagon train, I can get people to talk about me. They think about me. Okay, I can keep them over in this thing. And guess what? The more and more that I keep you in this disarray, I'll make money off of you being confused. There's a lot of demonic, evil spirits that's warming around. For where people are falling game to it. And that's something that we have got to break ourselves up to recognize and not fall for it or to even let it uh, enter in. So we got to train like soldiers. We got to have a discipline like soldiers. We have to keep our eye on the prize in order to fulfill what we're going in to fight for. Because if we keep on saying it to our feelings of what they said and this, that, and the other, we're going to be right back into that with the French West. Willie been dead for how long? And he's still got control over. Okay, I'm going on mute. Nope. Anybody else got anything? Yeah. Anybody got anything going once? Anybody got anything going twice? Anybody got anything going three times? All right. I need to change phones. And decrees. Oh, I got to do the prayer list. Yep. Hey, Sam. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Mike from church? Mike who? Mike Dorsey. Mike Dorsey sounds familiar. Yeah, tall, dark-skinned guy, wavy hair. And name sounds real familiar. Well, he made his transition a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Are you sick or something? Uh, he had um, congestive heart failure. He mm. kept his body kept um, retaining fluid, mm. and he was in the nursing home. And he had put up on Facebook that they was letting him come home, and that he was happy to come home. And it was the night after they had let him come home. Um, he went to sleep and he didn't wake back up again. Mm. Mm. All right, well, we all got to go. Got to go, got to go, got to go right now.
So we'll lift that family up. Why don't you go ahead and pray okay. for the family, Renee? Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Father God, we come together and ask and not asking, but we are uplifting the Dorsey family. For the passing of their loved one, Mike. Lord, for their travel destination that he went through and his carnal. You saw him to the you saw him to his end and then for his request to come home. He doesn't have to worry about the fluid building up. You don't have to worry about the aches and pains anymore. But God, he's in your hand and your arms are around us. Lord, he knows that he's a king's kid. And for the promotion you have for him of his WD, We have not lost him, but we are loose. But we, but, but you have loosed him to go up to his promotion, to elevate him to his promotion and to his next level. Lord, thank you for letting us have the pleasure to be witnesses of when he was here with us. To him. Learning you, building a relationship with you, for his application, for people whose paths he came across, and sharing your word, for his laughter and his smile, and for him taking the time to understand you. For at this time, he will be missed, but he will never be forgotten. For the seeds that he has sown, for the kindness he has planted, and for his must truly be in that rest. So we put that good memory as well as the speaking of his word comes as a comfort, but also as a wake of call to get to know you better. Offer your power, your glory, and your will. With your high praise, and thank you for your traditional love you to go to every day. In the name of His Son Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, Let's start on the list. Good 
move family. Roiskere bosishire 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 The Reddick family. Bike boy. Sherry and Pat. The Reddick family. Steph, Jamal Bridges. Morning family. Iris Daniels. Lionel Washington. Barbara Jenkins, who's gonna go slash it 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 go saga? Who's gonna go slash it go slash it go slash it go saga? Rombraka, Sakara. Maria's mother, who's gonna go slash it go sundraska go slash it go gombraska go sundaka? Who's gonna go slash it go sundraska go slash it go gandaka? Humbuskara gandraska go slash it go saga, Sakara. Turan, who's gonna go slash it 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 go saga? Barbara Jenkins, bike boy, Tehran, Maria's mother. Trey Nariel. Change lady. Diana, go say she go say she go say she go say go say she go say she go say go say go Brandon Miller. 
Joshua Fallas, which could go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga, which could go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga, which could go say she to go Sandraska, Sandaska, Sandraka, Sakara. Are the children, Ebony Pierce, Joshua Fallas, Brandon's kids, which could go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to saga, which could go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga, which could go say she to go say she to go say she to saga. Umbraka, Sindiskis, Sandaka, Sakara. And Hunter and Jay. Who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga? Who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga? Who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go saga? Umbuska, Sakara. Everybody else will know this. Umbuska to go say she to go umbuska to go in Draka. Umbuska to go say she in Druskaraga, Sakara. Ladana,
Margalin Church. Boski de Kumbraska Diki. Hosko Rumbuski de Kandaka. Rumbuskaraka. Drinking family. Hushka did it Kumbuski de Kondiska de Kondiska de Kondiska de Kondiska de Kumboka. Sakara. Sandra. Hushka de Gosushi de Gosushi de Gosushi de Gosushi de Gosushi de Gosaga. Hushka de Gosushi de Gosushi de Gosaga. Rumbraka. Sakara. Betty, hush, go go swish, 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 go go swish, 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 go Manise, who's gonna go swish it, 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 saga, Horaka, Sakara. Wayne Bridges, who's gonna go swish it, 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 go saga, from Broca, Sakara. Margaret Bond, who's gonna go swish it, 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 go saragandaka, from Broca, Sakara. Mitch, who's gonna go dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and Erica Thomas, who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to Sarah? And say family members, Homboski di Kandraska to Gumboku, Homboski to go say she to go Saka, Homboski to go say she to go Sandaka, Saka. Richard, who's gonna go say she to 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 go Sarah? Saka. Malcolm Bryson, Homboski to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Sandaka, Saka. Bobby Williams, who's gonna go say she to 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 go Sandraka Sakara. Girl Erica's Church, who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go say Rambraka Sakara. Tony Brooker, who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Sandraka Sakara. Investors, who's gonna go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Sandraka Sakara. Sean Stephen and David, who both gonna go say she and both gonna Kandaka Sakara. Train area, Homboska, Sakara got them. Eddie's family, Hundred Gundi the Gandhi the Gundi the Gandhi the Gundi Roskaraka, Sakara. Stan Washington, Hushka to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Sakara. 
Donald Trump. Stillman College. Lisa, Tony Aiden, hold this kid, Dikan, Dikan, Droska, Sadaka, Sakra. Pam Scotty, Hiskara, Kumboski, Gandaka, Sakra. TCWM, Horundi, Gosishi, 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 Gosandraka, Sakra. Mastermind, Handed Gundi, Gandil Gundi, Gandil Gundraska, Sakra. City of Atlanta, Hushka, Gosishi, Gosishi, Gosaraka, Sakra. President Obama, Hushka, Gosishi, Gosishi, Gosaraka, Sakra. My parents hushka to go sishi to go sishi go saraga sakara. Wajin hushka to go boshka to go sishi go saraga sakara. Rosen hushka to go sishi to go sishi go saraga sakara. Pastor Mark hushka to go to go robaka sakara. Marky and Charles second hushka to go sishi to go sandaka sakara. And myself hushka to go sishi to go sandaka sandaka sakara. And everybody else on this hushka to go sishi to go boshka to gandaka sakara. You got the Illuminati, Yiskandras, Kumbuski, Diskandros, Kedaka, Saka. Bell worshippers, Ha! Shikandrosa. Crackhouse, Yikara Kumbuska, Kandaka, Saka. Satanic after school program, Yaka, Dika, Dika, Daka, Saka. And Coven, Hundishka, Chidi, Shakara. And I get everybody else on the list? I got that. Okay. Alright, I'll be back. I'll be back.
want y'all to learn these words. Jesus, can you help me? Congregations and churches, who's gonna go switch to go switch to go switch to go switch to go Sandrasa, Sakra. Prisoners and missionaries, who's gonna go switch to go switch to go switch to go switch to Sandraka, who's gonna go switch to go switch to go switch to Sakra, who's gonna go switch to go switch to Sandraka, Sambuka, Sakra. And say, who's gonna go switch to go switch to go switch to Sandraka, Sakra. Congregation churches, taking shouting, Hondros, Kirbos, Shibos, and Draka, Sakra, Season Hospice, Prison of Missionaries, Abusing Addiction, Hombos, Kirbos, Shibos, Shibos, and Draka, Hombos, Kirb
Okay. Congregation Church, Prisons and Missionaries, Feastman Hospital, Abuse and Addiction, Christian Minutes Founders, Second Shut In, Unsaved. Okay, I'm going to say that's all of them. Walking in the realm of the supernatural. Humboski Degustation, Disco Degustation, Disco Degustation, Humboski Degustation, Disco Degustation, Humboski Degustation, Disco Degustation, Grace, mercy, and favor.
Okay, you can pray for me. I give you my um, decree after you pray for me. Help the move in accordance with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Father. Father, continually to purge her, cleanse her, and connect her with you. Let your word continue to illuminate in her life, Father, so she can see you clearly and distinguish you from the midst of the rest of the noise, the chaos, the confusion, Lord. Let your peace that surpasses all understanding cover, keep, lead, guide, and direct her. Father God, illuminate the steps that you have ordained for her to take. You're going to use her in the fullness of the capacity that you desire her to be used as you continue to raise her up to become the fullness of who you call her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And that is my prayer for you. Amen. Okay. And then for my degree. Hold on just a minute. Okay, this is my decree for Renee Tolan on May 8th, 2018. And it is Psalm 57 and 7. My heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. I, Renee, will sing and give praise. Amen. Amen. All righty. Somebody would text me. Okay, I'll pray for Fannie Marie.
Discada no convoco city. Fine tuning. That's literally what's going on with you. Mm. Fine tuning. That's what God is doing in your life right now. You take all the light that's in the room. You can see it illuminates the room. You can see what's going on. Know what direction that you need to step. The walls, the doors, the windows, all of that is beautiful. But if you take that light and gather it together all in one focal point, it becomes a laser and it can cut through anything. The more powerful the laser, the more direct and accurate, the precise the force, the more penetrating power that it has. So that's literally what God is doing in your life. He's fine-tuning you. He's fine-tuning you to be that laser, to have that penetrating power for kingdom purposes. So he has to remove you from the equation. Because, see, one thing you must understand. Wow. Wow. Got you. So... There's a switch that switches from the room being lit to being a laser focus. Consider yourself in class. For first, he's going to teach you about the process of light, how it moves, what are, what, what it, where it comes from. How it operates, the the laws of laws and rules of regulation about light. Then he's going to teach you how to begin to gather it in to make it a force of a penetrating power called a laser. And there's going to be a switch that's going to govern the control from it going from a, a scattered light to a laser light. All the while, the Holy Spirit is going to be instructing and teaching and increasing you. There are many things that are going to have to be cut off of you. Many things are going to have to be left behind. But then one day, when he says that you're ready, he's going to take his hand off of that switch of turning it from a light to laser and saying, now is your responsibility. Mm. <laughs> so you thought you had it bad. Because you had to learn how to operate. But then when he says it's your responsibility. Because see, if that laser is pointed in the wrong direction at the wrong time, it could damage something to somebody. Even yourself. Your tongue. Your attitude. See, he's calling for you to have a deeper understanding of things now, no longer a surface. Mm. You don't dwell in the surface anymore. There's a requirement for you to go deep. So what you used to find enjoyment in, mm, what you used to find pleasure, what you used to find understanding, you're now going to say, no, nah, you just don't like that. It doesn't, it doesn't, mm. It doesn't satisfy you like it used to. 
You're drawn to the deeper things of God now. You're drawn to the hidden mysteries of his word. And as you go deeper, you're going to begin to discover more. But the only way that you're going to be able to sustain the deeper depths is to die to self. Because you can't live there. It is not designed for you to live there. It is designed for you to yield on him and in him. You can't. You ain't capable. It's not designed. And he don't want you. If you go a thousand depths under the water. And you connected to the Holy Spirit. And then you desire to do what you want to do, you will die. He's training you, woman of God. And there's a lot of you that's going to have to be shed. As I've told you before, continue to become comfortable with your uncomfortableness. You're going to have to be like Jesus where the wilderness is your familiar. Where you're dealing with people, situations, and circumstances that honestly irritate you and get on your nerves. But that's the only way God can break you from you. Because if he doesn't, you'll die. There's purpose to this. There's purpose to this. But the only way you will find the purpose is to continue to walk down the path, and the revelation will come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 She's going to probably send me a text. Don't pray for me the rest of this week. <laughs> Weekend, too. You're getting on my nerves. You know what, this time I could just say amen, you're on point, and I'm already moving in different arenas than what I'm accustomed to, and sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? But I understand he has a reason, and I'm just leaving that alone, okay? I'm done. It's okay. Amen. Okay. Anybody else want prayer? Okay, I'm do my decree. Well, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do my decree. 
But I, Samuel Farley, shudder the Gundish, get the Gumbuska, should remember the Lord my God. I had a Gumbuska, the Gundasaka. For it is my God that given me, Samuel C. Farley the second, shudder the little Gumbu, the power to get wealth. Hush, get the Gumbuska, the Gundasaka, that he may establish his covenant, not mine, but his, which he swear unto my father. As it is this day. That is my prayer decree. In Jesus' name I say amen. 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 All right, And anybody else, anybody else, anybody, anybody, anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for the call that went forth this morning. Father God, we thank you for the leader, Sam Farley who you have poured so much of your spirit into him that he may share with us, Father God. We just pray that whatever petitions he has before you right now, Father God, for his family, for his home, for his finances, Father God, that all his needs will be met. Father God, we just ask right now that you pour into him a triple portion of that which he has poured out, Father God, that he may be strengthened and encouraged as he goes throughout the day. Continue to cover him, bless him, and keep him as he continues to stand on the wall for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Fanny Marie, I'm about to give you a call. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, everybody have a blessed one. Enjoy the day and spread his words. Yeah, yeah, hoop, baby, hoop. <laughs> and be joyful when you do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so I'll see you there. Right, bye. Okay, bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.